August 6th. As we look into the New Testament for today, we'll be reading from the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter 2, beginning at verse 6. We'll go through chapter 3 and verse 4. We'll read about wisdom. The Jews asked for demonstrations of power, and the Greeks looked for wisdom, both of which are available in Jesus Christ. All you have to do is ask God. He loves to give wisdom to those who ask with a sincere heart. A deeper wisdom of God is available for those who are mature. So allow the Spirit of God to teach you about the Son of God from the Word of God. Don't trust your own opinions. Study the Word and grow up in Him. Wisdom and power, you know, go together. They need each other. And they keep the Christian life balanced. We'll read about maturing. You know, we never outgrow the nourishing milk of the Word. But we cannot grow strong unless we also have the solid food. So you grow by eating and exercising, and it takes both. So exercise yourself in the Word. Age is no guarantee of spiritual maturity. And with that, we begin today's reading in the New Testament. August 6th, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 6 through chapter 3, verse 4. Yet when I, Paul, am among mature Christians, I do speak with words of wisdom, but not the kind of wisdom that belongs to this world, and not the kind that appeals to the rulers of this world, who are being brought to nothing. No, the wisdom we speak of is the secret wisdom of God, which was hidden in former times, though He made it for our benefit before the world began. But the rulers of this world have not understood it. If they had, they would never have crucified our glorious Lord. That is what the Scriptures mean when they say, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love Him. But we know these things because God has revealed them to us by His Spirit, and His Spirit searches out everything and shows us even God's deep secrets. No one can know what anyone else is really thinking, except that person alone, and no one can know God's thoughts, except God's own Spirit. And God has actually given us His Spirit, not the world's Spirit, so we can know the wonderful things God has freely given us. When we tell you this, we do not use words of human wisdom, we speak words given to us by the Spirit, using the Spirit's words to explain spiritual truths. But people who aren't Christians can't understand these truths from God's Spirit. It all sounds foolish to them because only those who have the Spirit can understand what the Spirit means. We who have the Spirit understand these things, but others can't understand us at all. How could they? Or who can know? what the Lord is thinking. Who can give Him counsel? But we can understand these things, for we have the mind of Christ. Dear brothers and sisters, when I was with you, I couldn't talk to you as I would to mature Christians. I had to talk as though you belonged to this world, or as though you were infants in the Christian life. I had to feed you with milk and not with solid food because you couldn't handle anything stronger. And you still aren't ready, for you are still controlled 
by your own sinful desires. You are jealous of one another and quarrel with each other. Doesn't that prove you are controlled by your own desires? You're acting like people who don't belong to the Lord. When one of you says, I'm a follower of Paul, and another says, I prefer Apollos, aren't you acting like those who are not Christians? There's, there's this passage in um, 1 John, and I just want to read a few verses from it. Okay, okay, this is the Word of God, reverence. 1 John 3 says this, verse 6, No one who abides in him keeps on sinning. No one who keeps on sinning has either seen him or known him. Little children, let no one deceive you. Whoever practices, whoever practices righteousness is righteous as he is righteous. Whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil. For the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. No one born of God makes a practice of sinning, for God's seed abides in him. And he cannot keep on sinning because he's been born of God. By this it is evident who are the children of God and who are the children of the devil. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is the one who does not love his brother. Wow. And look it up for yourself. I, I, I'm not making this. This is not my opinion. It's not, oh, here's what I think. It's just, just read it. What does it say? It says, if, if you're an ongoing sin, you can just stay in your sin. And he goes, you, you haven't seen him yet. You don't get it. You don't get him. You don't know him. Oh, but I remember that one time I said, and I, I went forward, I even got back. It doesn't matter. He says, little children, don't let anyone deceive you. The one who practices. But you know why? Because he says, the person who has God's seed abide inside of him, he can't keep sinning. See, something happened inside of me where when God's Holy Spirit entered me, this was not a sermon where someone talked me into making a decision. It was like something between me and God where it's like, I need you, I want you, I want you in my life. And then he enters into you. And now it's this process in life where the things that you used to love and the, the sin that you could walk freely in, suddenly it's like, I, I can't do that anymore. For some reason, it's still attractive to me, but every once, once I start heading that direction, it's like, ah, I can't do it. Why? Because my DNA changed. Something inside of me, Jesus is in me now. And, and that's when, when it, you know, we want to talk generosity. What he says just a few verses later 
He, in verse 16, he says, by this we know love. He laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. If anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? See what he's saying? He's saying, look, God's seed dwells in you. That means Jesus is inside of me. And so all these Jesus characteristics keep coming out. It's, it's, it's his seed, his DNA is in me. And that's why he's saying, so if he's in you, you're saying he's in you, yet you walk by your brothers who are in need and you know you could help, but you just, you feel nothing. You do nothing. You just keep walking. He's like, really? How could the love of God abide in you? That should be a sign to you that you're like, wow, you're just staring at yourself still. Maybe you didn't see this. And maybe he never entered into you because you sure are a lot about yourself all the time. Psalm 28, verses 1 through 9, a Psalm of David. O Lord, you are my rock of safety. Please help me. Don't refuse to answer me. For if you are silent, I might as well give up and die. Listen to my prayer for mercy as I cry out to you for help, as I lift my hands toward your holy sanctuary. Don't drag me away with the wicked, with those who do evil. Those who speak friendly words to their neighbors while planning evil in their hearts. Give them the punishment they so richly deserve. Measure it out in proportion to their wickedness. Pay them back for all their evil deeds. Give them a taste of what they have done to others. They care nothing for what the Lord has done or for what His hands have made. So He will tear them down like old buildings, and they will never be rebuilt. Praise the Lord, for He has heard my cry for mercy. The Lord is my strength, my shield from every danger. I trust in Him with all my heart. He helps me, and my heart is filled with joy. I burst out in songs of thanksgiving. The Lord protects His people and gives victory to His anointed King. Save your people. Bless Israel, your special possession. Lead them like a shepherd and carry them forever in your arms. Proverbs 20, verses 24 and 25. How can we understand the road we travel? It is the Lord who directs our steps. It is dangerous to make a rash promise to God before counting the cost. <laughs> 